it's here. That time of year, football season. Baylor and Albany less than 24 hours away. It's on tap. This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Baylor. I'm Drake Toll alongside Scotty Swingler, the pigskin preacher, baby, as Baylor football kicks off tomorrow against the Albany Great Danes. Now, if you didn't know this, Scotty is a preacher. So what Scotty does is he preaches every all, all of the time, and he's also a huge football fan. So Scotty has merged his love of both Christ and preaching the word with Baylor football and preaching that word. That's right. Scott the Albany Great Danes are on tap. What say you? Drake, I got to tell you, we're going to start with just acknowledging who Albany is. That's always good, right? When I preach to my students, I say, we're going to talk the Bible, but we're going to talk real life. So let's just talk real life real quick about Albany. Hmm. Albany went two and nine last season with losses that include Maine, Rhode Island, Towson, and Villanova, who I forgot had a football team, right? Um, Albany has had two players in school history drafted to the NFL and four players play in an NFL football game. Baylor, by contrast, if pro football reference is to be believed, has had 266 players drafted to the NFL and 210 play in a regular season NFL game. So while I tried to write a sermon about Albany, yeah, I just couldn't do it. They're too small. Uh, Jesus says a lot about loving our enemies and loving the weak among us. And we shouldn't be playing in them in the first place. Thanks a lot, La Tech, for bailing on us in January. So here's where I want to go today, Drake, if you'll oh. open your copy of God's word to Isaiah chapter 43. And I will read verses 18 through 21. Isaiah 43, 18 through 21 says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls. Because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Mm. As a preacher, my task is to take the timeless wisdom of scripture and apply it to our current context and situation. So here's the deal. The prophet Isaiah delivers three essential instructions here for Baylor faithful as our beloved bears prepare to face the great Danes of Albany. Number one, forget about the past. Yeah. Forget about the past. It's over. Last year was last year. So while Baylor is the reigning Big 12 champion, it doesn't mean Jack squat Yeah. starting Saturday. You got to win every game starting this week. God says he's in the business of doing new things. And in this case, God says, do not dwell on the past. I believe we as Baylor fans and the Baylor football team should take that approach. Forget last season. This is an entirely new thing. New playmakers on the field, a new schedule, new students in the Baylor line. May we as a Baylor community embrace newness and beginnings and not allow ourselves to become complacent 
with just the 2021 season. Complacency is a dangerous thing in faith and in football, Drake. You can't get too complacent. Let's see what new things Dave Aranda and these Bears can do. Secondly, this is a three-point sermon, guys. I'm a Baptist. I love it. Secondly, as God declares this new hope, this new thing happening in the world, the image of water pervades the text. In the Bible, water is often used as an image of God's blessing, deliverance, favor, forgiveness. And we Baptists well know that the best part of church is taking folks down to the water and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Drake, this Saturday is the day that Albany is not just baptized in any water, but baptized in the mighty Brazos River, a waterway that truly does pass through the wastelands, a.k.a. College Station, Texas. And because we don't force conversion at Baylor, the Great Danes will not be baptized in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but in the names of Dave, Jeff, and Ron, whose schemes will totally befuddle the FCS opponent. God has made the Brazos as a way through the wilderness and by building our mighty Coliseum along its banks. Baylor has ensured that the blessing of this waterway will be upon the Bears as the Northerners struggle to contend with the mighty heat. And third, in antiquity, Drake, you may not have known this, dogs and references to dogs were almost always negative. They are not sweet, cute, cuddly house pets in antiquity and thus in the Bible. They were viewed more like rodents, dirty, mangy beasts roaming the streets, scavenging for food. This text refers to dogs as jackals. Wow. Which is another derogatory term that almost invokes a spiritual rebuke of the dog. But Drake, I've got to tell you that as far as prophecies go, this one's pretty good because Isaiah says even the jackals and the owls will come around to honor God. And I don't know about those rice owls, but for any of you listeners who are dog owners, we thank God every day for the animals that keep us company. But on Saturday, we've got to get back to treating the Great Danes like the jackals. And instead of coddling them, petting them, and taking it easy on them, we need to obliterate this football team. We got to run up the score. I want to see 70 hung on the Albany Jackals. Drake, we can make up and be nice after the game, but from kickoff to final whistle, I want to see Baylor treating these guys like mangy beasts and showing them no mercy. Let's welcome these Jackals to Waco and send them tail between their legs back to the Northeast. And surely they shall call Waco. A wasteland, but full of God's people, the Baylor Bears, a chosen and good people, as verse 21 suggests. Second Bears. Wow. It is, it, it's beautiful. Every time it's beautiful. Scotty, I've learned two things, two things in the past 24 hours. Okay. The first thing I learned is that the Albany Great Danes have never played a ranked FBS team. Not good for those guys, by the way. Wow. <laughs> yeah, never in their history. And they've played a lot of FBS teams. So this is the best team they've ever played in program history. History on Saturday. Mm. The other thing I learned, God doesn't like dogs that much. I, I, <laughs> there's that whole, like, all dogs go to heaven the, thing. Uh, the, I think, I, think uh, I, I have a good dog, man. I like to believe God likes dogs. But the ancient peoples did not like dogs. They lived on the street. Jeez. So totally... Totally different context, man. 
Scotty, um, the that impeccable as always. Before we get into a complete and in-depth breakdown of the Baylor Bears and what they bring to the table this weekend, which we don't know much because Albany sure. they have six seniors. There's just not a lot out there about them that we can go in-depth on, but there is there is some. Prior to that, though, i got to tell everybody at home about our newest sponsor, NHTSA. And it's a PSA about driving under the influence, whether that is drugs, alcohol, anything. You may think, what's the worst that could happen? You end up driving below the speed limit, you know, or you, you try to be safer and it's no big deal, but you're probably wrong. The truth is your reaction time slows down when you're on either drugs or alcohol, especially when you're high. So you not only put yourself in danger, but everybody around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high or drunk. If you've been using marijuana in any form, don't get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different, drive high, get a DUI. We had to throw that reader in there because we have a passer on today. That was those were the rules of the company. <laughs> we can, you know, Scotty, the Great Danes of Albany are not very good at football. Two and nine last year, as you right. mentioned, and they are picked to finish 12th in their conference's preseason poll. Scotty, I am 93% positive there are 12 teams in the Albany conference. <laughs> so they're not a very, they may be one of the worst football teams in the Division One this season, although they do have Jackson and Bush. What a great name for a linebacker. And defensive end Anthony Lang played 11 games last year, 21 tackles. So that's pretty fun. Uh, one and a half sacks. That's it. When those are the two guys, <laughs> when one guy's got a cool name and some tackles and the other guy had a one and a half sacks, you're like, well, I, uh, <laughs> this is not going to go very good for those guys. No, and and this is the part of college football I think we all hope we can weed out at some point, right? Like, let's yeah. let's give a school a check. And this was, I mean, uh, Baylor is going to get roasted for this game and, and for scheduling this game. But what else do you do when an opponent bails on you? I think it was in January that LaTeX yeah. – um, backed out. We were supposed to play La Tech in McLean um, some, uh, September 3rd. So I, uh, you know, um, I've told people for a couple weeks, this this is in some cases the best case scenario in that it is almost like a glorified practice. We are going to see almost every player that's going to get any lick of playing time this year get on the field and get significant snaps. It's a great learning experience for your freshmen. Get some of those first game jitters out against an opponent who, frankly, you are not going to lose to. Um, some people may recall, well, we lost to Liberty. Totally different. Yeah. Totally different. That's that's not even close to a comp, right? Um, I wish we were playing a better opponent because, uh, you know, if, if we get to talk about this next week, um, what a game next week that mm -hmm. that is going to get real, real quick. Um, but, you know, uh, it is nice. You hope no one gets hurt. You hope that you get good reps for guys that aren't going to get a lot of reps this year. Um, and I'm serious, man. Let's hang 70 and have a great time together and go home. Yeah, that's a, a lot of predictions that are out there. Yeah, Baylor was winning by a gajillion, and I, I'm mine is one of those. I, I've even looked, you know, like Heartland College Sports was the one that I really circled. I love their content. 63 to 10 was their final score projection, <laughs> and I just don't know if Albany's going to score 10 against yeah, any. I just yeah, I was going to say the same thing with with how strong our defense is this season, and oh, and yeah. again, as you're saying, um. Nothing against these guys coming out and playing college football. Good for them. Um, not a good college football Division One FCS yeah. team. So, um, it, it, I don't think I don't remember seeing an opponent quite this uh, poor. Yeah, maybe yeah. ever. This is pretty dramatic. We played Wofford when I was a student. That was about the same as this. I feel, but it's been a long time. 
Yeah, that, and that's, again, it's Baylor, probably the worst opponent Baylor's ever played. There is a legitimate case for that coming in on Saturday. And again, for Albany, it's the best opponent, opponent they've ever played. So there are a lot of best and worst at, at work <laughs> here. And that doesn't bode very well for Great Danes. And in part, I feel bad because it's just not going to be a good game. They're going to get a huge check, but those poor players don't deserve the 94 degrees at 6 p.m. kickoff beat down they're going to get. They don't deserve Siaki Ika eating one of them on, an, on the offensive lineman. Uh, and and it's exciting to watch football come back, but it almost feels like the appetizer for the rest of the season. As a right. college football fan, as a Baylor fan, I am not as excited as I would be for Baylor-BYU. No, and that's totally fair. And again, I, I think um, what you get out of this is – if you and you've interviewed several of these guys, but um, when you talk to these guys, like one of their main things is let me hit someone who's not in the same color, yeah, right? Yeah. Like let me let me hit a guy who I'm not going to war with, like we're going to war against. And so, even though like the opponent is is hardly worthy to be on the field, and again, no no offense to any individual who plays for Albany, but um, just the juice that comes from smacking some guys that aren't your players, you know, your yeah. own teammates is going to be a good release for the some of these guys. You, you just hope you get out injury free. That's the, probably the biggest thing coming out of this game. Number one goal is just injury free. Um, dude, I'm kind of excited to see um, reps down the depth chart, though. Um, yeah. How many running backs and receivers are we going to see? Uh, do we see all I think we're going to see all three quarterbacks. I think we're going to see drones and Anthony um, get in and make some plays. And that's fun. And and so you know, even as a fan, um, that's what you look forward to in these kind of games. It's like, okay, how good does Kyron Jones look just running the offense compared to some spot time last year, right? Um, what does this Luke Anthony kid look like who the last time Baylor fans saw him play was against Baylor when he was with Abilene Christian, right? Yeah. Um, that's going to be fun. I mean, I'm going to enjoy that side of it. If you're really a football head, I think that's what you get out of this. Scotty, before we before we get you out of here, I've got Dave Aranda coming up in the third segment. Just press conference clips to preview <laughs> Albany Great Danes. And, I was about uh, to give you a huge yeah, be nuts. congratulations. Uh, and also <laughs> look around college football at some of the top 25 games. But first, your score prediction for how is this game going to go? Your score prediction. And then what does the final stat line look like for one Blake Shapen? <laughs> uh, man, I do think we're going to hang 70. I just don't think that's out of the question. So. Um, I'll say 70 to three or 77. I mean, I really think it could be something really dramatic. Um, Blake, I, I don't expect to play into the second half. I, I, I'd be surprised. That would shock me um, because, again, a priority for him this season is keeping him on his feet. And so I think he plays a half. I think maybe he goes uh, 13 for 19 for 215 and a couple scores um, along with some big running plays from the guys with him in the backfield early. And, and I think we're going to be um, – everything's going to be humming. There, and, and then next week, as we both know, uh, it will get really interesting really quickly. But, man, I'm just looking forward to being in the stadium, man. I don't know what your experience has been as a student, but for, for us, um, uh, you know, as, as alum, just being back in McLean, seeing people that – you know, Bay, Baylor's kind of a cool community and that we, we've got some relationships through Twitter and elsewhere where, yeah. where we see one another is game day, tailgate, and in the stadium. So I'm, I'm excited for all of that, man. It's going to be a great day. At the least, it'll be a fun afternoon gathering with one another and all Bear fans underneath God's great glory 
toilet that is McLean Stadium and enjoying Baylor football in the Brazos, it is not going to be a good game. The people will leave at halftime, except for me. I'm staying for the whole game, which I'm starting to think like, wow, that's going to be a lot of staying and watching football. Possible running clock. I've seen it in Division One football. We've seen the running clock before. It yes. Before. And-, and it's happened. It happened many times uh, in my time as a student uh, in some of those early, you know, the Wofford game, I think, was one of them, yeah. the one I mentioned earlier. So, yeah, you're right. I think a second half running clock would not be out of the question, no. especially with the heat, man. Those those Northeasterners, again, it was the same with Wofford. You come down. You're just not ready. You're just not prepared. So um, that's a good point as well. Hopefully that gets us home earlier though. So let's go. Well, Scotty, I will see you tomorrow. Yay. Inside the football stadium at McLean and see all the Baylor fans there. Scotty, thanks as always. Hey, see you next time. See you, Scotty. Next week, actually, BYU. That was, again, the Pigskin Preacher, Scotty Swingler. And before we get out of here, let's take a look at some of the games around the top 25 this weekend and hear a couple of minutes of Dave Aranda, what he had to say about the Albany Great Danes this weekend. We saw some games last night. How about that West Virginia Pitt game? Did you guys enjoy that one? Oh, yay. Friday today, Michigan State, Western Michigan. I don't really care. I won't be glued to that one. I will be covering a game in Melissa, Texas. But then you get into Saturday's nitty-gritty slate. The morning games are not fantastic. The one that I have circled, 11 a.m., 13. NC State goes on the road against East Carolina. NC State only 11.5-point favorites. Despite being a top-15 team, and one of the best teams, in my opinion, in the nation. I think they're going to be a solid ACC squad this year. Michigan and Colorado State's not going to be close. Texas A&M and Houston, also not going to be close. But then you get the afternoon slate. And hello! 2.30, Atlanta, Georgia, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Number 11, Oregon. Number 3, Georgia. The UGA Bulldogs are 17-point favorites. 53 is where the over-under is set in this one. And I think the dogs roll, but not roll by that much. I've got Oregon plus 17 in that one. I think the Ducks keep it a little bit closer than folks expect. Then you roll into your UTEP and Oklahoma. Minus 30 is the line for OU. And I, UTEP's just not very good at football. They're really not very good at football. I watched them play last weekend. Didn't like a lot of what they had. Oklahoma's got a few things to get out of the way. You know, the, the jitters and whatnot of having a new head coach. It's just not really going to matter in this one. UTEP's going to get run out of the stadium. I think OU, maybe they struggle early on, especially. I've seen teams, first-year head coach, do that before. But in the end, they win by a lot. A couple of to highlight my favorite game on the slate. Maybe because I grew up in Arkansas. Arkansas, minus six and a half point favorites in a game in Fayetteville against number 23, Cincinnati. 19, Arkansas versus 23, Cincinnati. Razorback Stadium, six and a half point favorites. You go ahead and take it. Put your whole, put everything that you want to put on Arkansas minus six and a half. I think they win this game by at least 10 against Cincy in Fayetteville. Cincinnati is nowhere near what they were last season against an SEC caliber team. This is just two different caliber athletes from these two squads. So I think Arkansas is going to roll in this one. One of the more exciting games still, though, on your calendar on ESPN. Houston, UTSA. Houston only four point favorites as they go to UTSA. I think that's a fun game to keep an eye on tomorrow as well. BYU in South Florida. How about Jibo? Gary Bohannon, the starting quarterback for the South Florida Bulls. BYU, they are 12-point favorites on the road. I think South Florida keeps it close. They're trailing by 7 or 10 throughout the duration of the game, and then BYU scores a late touchdown to cover the spread of minus 12 in that one at 3 p.m., but turn your TV on to ESPNU to catch some Gary Bohannon action. Some more of the intriguing games in the evening, 6 p.m. Number 7, Utah goes to Florida. Weird game. Utah is favored by three on the road against an SEC opponent. Utah's number seven, top 10 team on the road against an unranked Florida team that I don't think is going to be very good. 51 and a half is the over-under. What do you think? What do you think? Florida, Utah. 
It's going to be good. I really do think it's going to be good. But I still think Utah runs away. I think not runs away. They win by 14, but they kind of handle this game. I, I, I believe Utah is a better team this season. I do. Enough so to go into Ben Hill Griffith Stadium and win that game by 14 points. Don't have a lot of confidence in Florida. Baylor and Albany, we've already talked about it. That game's 73, 70-7. to I'm with Scotty on that point. And then the rest of the evening is capped by 6.30 p.m. Number five, Notre Dame. And number two, Ohio State in the big house. Horseshoe in the horseshoe, Columbus, Ohio. Ohio State, 17-point favorites. They are uh, Their offense is the best offense in America. How do they do against Notre Dame? Uh, I I would probably take Notre Dame plus 10 first half. Ohio State minus 17, though, feels about right. Feels like Vegas knows something there. I don't know that Notre Dame hangs on the entire way. They'll be juiced. They'll be amped. I just think Ohio State is in a different caliber than most teams are going to play this season. They are a, a, a lock to me for making the college football playoff this year. Then rolling into Monday, where we will have a show on Monday, by the way. Number four, Clemson against Georgia Tech. That game's going to be fun. Also, Mercedes-Benz in Atlanta. So plenty of games. College football is back, folks. Keep your eyes on over the course this weekend. It all starts tomorrow. And the Baylor Bears and the Albany Great Danes kick things off at 6 p.m. Central time. I'll see you there. If you're at the game, let me know. I'd love to come say hello and, and, you know, fraternize or whatnot. For now, though, we're going to send it to our good buddy Dave Aranda in his press conference on Monday where he talked about the Albany Great Danes and the next time I see you on this show the next time I see you on this show we'll be after this excited to get to game week I think or I know this camp has been uh, very good for us there's been a fair amount of growth in the camp you could see guys that were kind of starting the camp looking for belief and looking for something to kind of uh, hold on to and something to build upon and I felt like throughout the camp, you know, the the foundations of all of it became stronger and more fortified and feel there's a ton of growth throughout the camp, but excited for this week. You know, I look at uh, Albany and see a defense that's veteran in the back end and uh, up front plays technique and tries to leverage run uh, the run game. And then you look at offensively, you see a running back that's new, that's going to be something to deal with. You look at a tight end that's a mismatch. And then I think quarterback-wise, you're probably going to see, you know, probably more than one. And so I think all very talented. And so it gives us an opportunity to come out and really, you know, um, be challenged to be at our best. You know, I think winning at every level – takes so much you know it's just very difficult to do and I think for a lot of our young people for them to be at their best um, for them to give the effort and the the detail that's needed to give us a chance to win is I mean that's going to be a very strong test for them and so excited to uh, to be in that quest with them take any questions you guys have Dave, uh, you mentioned team growth. As far as this game, team growth, development, any specific areas you're hoping to see come forth? Or uh... Yeah, I think, you know, um, two, two, uh, two areas. One would be just leadership and just guys that, um, you know, in the past, in the summer particularly, we would have, um, you know, there might be one way an old guy on the team says something. And there might be one way a young guy on the team says something. There might be one way um, 
a skill player says something. There might be another way a lineman says something. There's various other other areas that, you know, all that gets into. But, you know, they're all saying the same thing. And then I think they're all, you know, um, at times kind of talking to their own particular little crowd. And so I think to to maybe broaden that uh, that group and to maybe um, be connected to um, to others outside of maybe your unit and or, you know, uh, locker room neighbors, I think it kind of, you know, it builds, it builds team. And I think that was really addressed throughout the end of summer and into fall camp. And I feel like we're in a good spot, but, you know, there hasn't been a bunch of stormy weather, you know, th- thunder and lightning and all of it. And that's when you really kind of, you know, you really kind of get to see kind of how well, how this house was built. And so we'll see with the leadership part. I'm hoping um, that all the work that was done previous is for our best now. And then, you know, for the our young people, it's, you know, how they respond. Um, and so I think so much of it is, you know, I think when you first start out, there's a I can remember me too when I first started out coaching. There's you want to prove yourself, you want to show that you you belong and all this and it's just such a natural thing. But you know, when you're older, you look at that and you just go, Man, you know, it's probably there's there's gonna be failure. There's gonna be something, you know, it's not gonna go a hundred percent right. So how do you respond in the moment? Right? How do you um how do you rise from that from this particular fall? And so those are the things you're looking for. And I think, you know, um, I hope that, uh, you know, this week staff-wise and this week, you know, young person-wise, that we can, we can really attach to that how we rise because I think that's going to say a lot about kind of who we become. Coach, you talked about the the running game from Albany. Obviously, they uh, they bring in Todd Sibley from that uh, transfer from Pitt. I mean, is that kind of the game plan heading into this week? Is attacking that run game and kind of shutting that down? Yeah, you know, in a lot of different areas, their run game percentage. You know, you look at last year was seventy five percent or higher, um, and so the run the ball is a huge part of what they do, and you know, it sets the the. Um, uh, sets the table for play action pass and other things and so you know um, the use of tight ends um, three-man surfaces um, you know wings four-man surfaces I think those are all things that we've been accustomed to you could say throughout you know spring and fall camp and so there's some um, there's some knowledge of all that but I, I think you know um, being being the first game of the season being there'll be some guys that'll be playing that or I just you know be asserting themselves in a role they haven't asserted themselves before I think all of those things are things and then you know in terms of what is new which we're counting on stuff being new from uh, from Albany's side and what has to be adjusted and how that's communicated and how quickly that's adjusted all of those things are are really kind of the task within the task for sure in defending them. Dave uh any season is kind of a progression in terms of you know trying to get better each week and mm-hmm. stuff. Certainly, we saw that last year. With that in mind, what do you most want to get out of this first game, other than a win? Identity. I think you know we want to. Um, we talked about this in the staff meet earlier today. Identity, competitive maturity, and energy. 
you know, I think identity, um, we talked about there's a jazz musician who said, you know, jazz is simple, but simple ain't easy. And it just, it would be great to really be good at the simple ain't easy part. And, um, you know, I think there's a fair amount of teams that, that maybe struggle with that part. And for us to, um, to really make an impact in that area would be, uh, would be ideal. Um, you know, then I think, you know, the competitive maturity part. So how do we handle, you know, I think to, to go up, you first have to go down and you have to kind of, um, you know, I think we can define suffering as any time that you're not in control. And so what's great about football is that a um, fair amount of us are going to not be in control of outcomes of, of uh, this call or that result and all these things. And so how we handle that. Um, we'll have a lot to do with kind of, um, you know, um, where our competitive maturity is. You know, a lot to be desired from a year ago, first game. And then I think energy-wise, you know, I think there's for sure there's going to be a, a strong energy to start the game. But, you know, depending on where the game is, you know, we're, we're struggling to get in it. We're ahead of it, regardless of where it is. Right, we want to be able to continue to build energy, and so that our sideline is winning the battle of sidelines, and that our team is out there performing and getting better as the game goes. All right, thanks to Coach Dave Aranda, and get excited, folks! Albany tomorrow, Baylor tomorrow. College football is back. This has been, always will be. Come back on Monday after a huge Baylor win. I can't wait. Locked. You feel the chills of football season on? It's right here, Baylor.